subject, and it means to brandish dramatically or gesticulate, which means to emphasize dramatically, to decorate or to embellish. When it's used as a noun, it's an act or an instance of brandishing, an obstinacious display, a decoration or embellishment. Rhetorically, it's a parade of fine languages. It's a trumpet, again, call or a fanfare. Notice I said before it was a sound, a to sound the trumpet, and now it is actually a trumpet or a fanfare. A condition or a period of thriving in full flourish, and it means abundance. Hang on to this, church, because the verb exist in abundance means to flourish. That's the first one that comes up, hallelujah. Flourish. Surround yourself with flourish. It means to proliferate, to thrive, to crowd, to flow, to infest, to overflow, to swarm, to swell, to teem, to be alive with to be all over the place, to be knee deep in something, to be or to have no end to something, to be plentiful, to be thick with, to be up, in one, up to one's ears in, to crawl with or to have a full plate. Hallelujah, church. This is an exciting, exciting time. I'm excited about the word this year. Not only, say not only, the last year of Christine, and I believe to a certain degree a precursor to this word, that's for 2000, uh, but it's also overlapping with Christine this year, 2019. Church, Romans 8, verse 15 to 25 says, the re resurrection life you received from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. Hallelujah. It's adventurously expectant. Are you expecting, church? Are you expecting? It's greeting God with a childlike, what's next, Papa? What's next on the list? God's spirit touches our spirit, learns who we really are. We know who he is, and we know who we are. Church, yesterday we had 18 ladies with us to, for our opening first ministry of the Secret uh, Sisters Soulmate. And do you know what one of the things was that came up by a few of them? I don't know who I am when they were asked to fill out a questionnaire. Church, it says here, we know who he is, who we are. We know who we are. We are father and children. And we know what we are going to get what's, or that we are coming to us. An unbelievable inheritance, it says. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. We go through the hard times with him, and then we are certainly going to go through the good times with him. That's why I don't think there's any comparison between the present heart and the coming good times. Hallelujah. The created word itself can hardly wait for what's coming next, and that's the groaning that you see in the world. 
everything in creation being more or less held, God reigns it in until both creation and all the creatures are ready and can be released at that moment into our glorious times ahead. Meanwhile, the joyful anticipation deepens. Around us, in verse 22 to 25, it says, We observe a pregnant creation. The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. Say birth pangs. Not, but it's not only arousal in us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. We're also feeling the birth pangs. These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. Why? Waiting does not diminish in us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged by the waiting, and we, of course, don't see what's enlarging us because it's still hidden, but the longer we wait, the larger we become, and the more joyful, the closer we get to that, uh, the more joyful our expectancy. How many times have you heard a, a pregnant lady say, oh, I'm so glad this is almost over. So glad this is almost over. But church, the word that I want you to be so careful for is we see the birth pangs, okay? We feel things. We're experiencing the birth pangs, and consequently, we want to focus on the birth pangs. We focus on the pain and the hurt so we don't hear the promises. And what ends up happening is we just and doing nothing. But I want you to take this very, very seriously this morning, church. Very seriously. God did not say he would surround us with flourishing. The word was surround yourself with flourish. Surround yourself with flourish. What God is saying is it's time to look for the green. It's time to look for the green. Look for that new growth. Look for those swelling buds, church. Look for the warmth that you can feel on your skin. Stop, church. Stop looking at the negative. Start looking for that new birth. Because when spring comes, it urges us to plant. Amen? It urges us to do some growing. It urges us to bloom. Church, this is real. Even before the earth and the air even really hint at green shoots start pushing out. Amen? Green shoots start pushing out through the brown ground, sometimes even through the snow. Sometimes even through the snow. Those are little sprouts, little tiny green dots that you see coming out in spring. Those are an encouragement. I have gardened for years, and it's exciting to see those little irises poke their heads out. It's exciting, church. They're telling me, you can do it. I just did. I just came through the winter. Look at us. I'm here. I'm here. I did it. That's what you. And with all the newness that we will be living in and it will be surrounding us, we sometimes need to wonder if there isn't maybe something I should be doing new in my life. 
something that I'd like to see in my life. Amen? Now, this may be, remember, God said, surround yourself with flourish. He's not doing flourish. He's not doing this for us. It may be a new skill that we've always wanted to learn. It may be a healthier habit that we would feel would improve our lives. It may be just a longing for closer connections to those around us, with our family, closer connections to our friends, to our coworkers. I'm not sure. We may find ourselves looking for ways to contribute more in the community and to make a difference in the world. That's going to be an individual thing for each one of you. And not wait expectantly for our lives to change if we are not willing, say willing, to take some action. To take some action. We must push against the old. That's what burping is all about, is push. And as we begin to hear that old familiar song in my head, and it's in all of our heads at times, it's easy to ignore the world. When we hear things like, I don't know how, I'm too old, I don't have any time, I'd like to, but I don't have any money. Sometimes we just don't even know what we're supposed to do. Sometimes we don't even know what we want, church. So what happens? We take no action. That's what ends up happening. We take no action at all. And God is saying to us, look for the green. Look for the church. Anytime. Say anytime. Anytime is a great time for spiritual growth. But there's a right now, especially in 2019, with that overlap of Christine and the surround yourself with things. There's a need, church, an urgency to grow in 2019. I've laid down a foundation in 2019 that you're going to have to and need to walk on for the next period of time. You're laying it down now. And you're going to be walking on that. So if you're going to be making a stony path for yourself, remember, you're going to be walking on that. Now, just as the warmer weather inspires us to cast off what we no longer need, It's the same way we're going to have to, you know, we have to cast them off. We have to, in the springtime, when you have flower beds, you have to clean up the debris from winter. Amen? The stuff that, that's the first thing you do. Very carefully, because you don't want to damage those new green shoots that are coming up there. And we clean out our closets. It's the same way we need to clean up our habits. Habits are hindering us. So you need to take a look. What 
are the limiting thoughts that come up most frequently in your mind? And that's going to, again, be individual to each one of you. What's the thing that stops you when you say, I want to start something new? When you want to go into a new relationship, what's stopping you? When you want to start a new adventure, what's stopping you? Take the time to find the root of those thoughts. In the past to stop you, the devil is going to use it again. He's going to use it again. So you ask yourself, why am I even thinking this? Why am I even thinking this? This idea before. And as you find that root, you can begin to transform your thoughts, church. You need to start transforming your thoughts. Remember, your thoughts need for the green. Look for the green. There is a part of you and each one of you that is untouched by outer judgments and criticisms. It's a small part, especially when you're man, you get hit with junk. But there is a small part that is untouched by outer judgments and outer criticisms. This is where you need to begin to look. Don't try and look through the criticism. Don't try and look through the judgment. Look through in that place that's untouched. There's a spiritual essence of your being that is strong and wise and loving and powerful. That's where you look. And most of, it have, most of us have it buried under that debris, that winter junk. The things that went wrong, it's buried under there somewhere. You need to find it. That spark of green will begin to show. All you have to do with that dirt is a little bit like this, and you're going to find it. How many of you garden? You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. That spark is there. I can see that spark even as I'm speaking. That spark of green is beginning to show. I can see it burst forth. Now, there is a divinity in all of us that we call the Christ of our being, the very center. We talked about it somehow this morning a little bit. Pull out all those unhelpful thoughts and clean that up. Guess what's going to happen? We replace them with powerful truths of who we are and what we're actually capable of. I want to tell you, it doesn't matter how tiny of a little green space you have, how tiny your plot is, you can make it green. You can make it green. I want you to say something with me. Say, I am a perfect expression of the divine infinite. We're all of God's promises. Amen. So I want you to just sit still. Close your eyes a little bit. What is love expressed in your life? Breathe gently. Let it go. Let it go. Breathe gently. Can you hear that quiet voice? For some of you, maybe it's in the distance. But it's going to start narrating to you the desires of your heart. Now take the time to look for the green there. You're going to find it. It's there. God planted it, and it's there. Pick just one thing and bring it into expression in your life this year. 
and trust when you align that with God's purpose, He is alluring to support you. Jason, that's for you. He's already ready, conspiring to support you. Hold the tension in your mind like a team. Hold it there. Take one small action now, and that seed is going to grow. That seed is going to grow. Celebrate the cook. Celebrate the action and watch for signs of growth. That little sign of green. That little sign of green. And once you start, there's going to be opportunities coming your way and there's going to be support coming. But it's not going to happen when you're sitting on your backside doing nothing. You're not going to get that support and you're not going to get the opportunities that you need. Opportunities arise and support will be revealed. We had that happen just Friday night. Just Friday night. Somebody says, would you be interested in that? My husband says, absolutely. Absolutely. So we're praying about it. Take time to observe and be ready. Remember that as you give, You can receive in unexpected ways. Make a commitment to serve and be ready for that growth when it happens. Don't just sit on your backside and do it. Get involved. Because involvement is going to take you to opportunities. Discover that spiritual well-being shows up in every area of your life when you are grateful for even the smallest things. When you're grateful for even the tiniest things, you're going to start noticing all kinds of stuff. I always picture the gray pavement. Go for a little walk sometime with a child and say, look for the sparkles. Look for the sparkles. Do you know that your pavement is full of sparkles? It's full of sparkles, church. Don't just look at it as gray pavement. It's full of sparkles. Full of stuff that shines. Church, take it seriously. The word says, surround yourself with flourish. That means you need to be doing this. You need to be deciding, am I going to sit here at the end of 2019 and have accomplished absolutely, or am I going to have done something? Am I going to grow something? And I say to you, I don't care how small your little garden patch is, grow something green. Grow something green. And that doesn't only mean in the physical, although the physical is absolutely divine for teaching us. Grow something green. Watch for the green in your relationships. Watch in your finances. Watch for the green in your children. Watch for the green in your own personality. Watch for the green in your church. Watch for the green. Surround yourself with flourish is the word for 2019. And do not forget pristine because pristine is not over till the end of 2019. We are in an overlapping year this year and absolutely fabulous. Another thing I want to tell you, I'm always very, very careful, very careful to not listen to any 
of the people talking about what's up for 2019 until after I've heard in my own spirit what God I'm very, very careful of that. I stay away from all prophetic stuff until after I've heard from the Lord. And it's amazing, amazing how the word that I got lines up except what God is saying. So hear the word, hearken to the word, listen to the word, take care of it and take it seriously. Because God is on the move and he has us in abundance. Amen? Amen. Pastor. But then as I was trying to put all my thoughts together, and I just make a number of voices that I've learned to trust over the years. And I said, okay, so what are we doing? And actually, I found one that ended up pretty well putting all of my ideas, all what I felt the Lord was into line. So I'm going to be using that one extensively today because they had it all organized. And I'm going to use it in my own stuff. So we've been listening to prophetic voices, seeing what God has laid on the heart. And we've always talked about a year of abundance. Year of overflow, the double open, double portions are being released. Talk about it's God's will to bless His people, and you know when I started hearing all of these things at first, I was I was leery because I think my God, is this just what I want? And this is other voices, and they're saying the same thing. Other prophets are speaking, and they're saying, and I said, okay, so it's not just me. This is across the body of Christ, and but I was looking for some because you're always going to find those that are saying, oh, the doom and gloom is coming, but surprisingly. There's very little doom and gloom in any of these issues. And I'm going, well, that's sort of unusual, but if that's something I know, I want to hear what's going on. I want to start putting it together. And so I started listening, and then Jamie Rohrbach, I think, hope I'm pronouncing the name right, but I'm not sure about the second one. But uh, she's a lady that prophesies, and she was the one that I found, but it sort of put together what I felt the Lord was dropping into my heart. Now, the word that she really could focus both on what God wanted to do and what our response needed to be to that move. See, so often we hear when people say, thus saith the Lord, I'm going to bless you, I want to open the doors, I'm going to be opening the doors, and, and we leave it at that and think, oh, well, that's all going to happen. But most times, unless the Lord definitely says otherwise, there's going to be a response that is required from us. You know, we hear the word, and that doesn't mean you can now sit back and say, oh, well, that's all I have to do now. When the word comes, most times, there's going to be a response, except so many people say, oh, I don't want to respond, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that. Well, and then again, you hear, oh, that was a false prophet. It must have been a false prophet, because the head was, you were not walking in your steps at that time. It wasn't a false prophet. Now, I found a lot of the prophetic voices, they weren't giving the second step, and that was what really we liked about what Jamie would do. She actually brought that second step in and clarified that. And see, so often we only hear about getting blessed, and we don't recognize that that means we're going to have a part to play for that blessing. See, God says, I'm going to prosper you. Well, what does the scripture say? Do I have to go to bed with a nail your hands to get prospered? No, 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 God is going to prosper me. Uh-huh. Now, it hasn't changed the word. It just means you've got your part to play here also. You're going to have to do your thing also. So 
morning when I'm awake, like I said, I'm going to read mostly about what Jamie wrote down, and she did today right so well. I will be highlighting some of the points that I felt God had placed a little more emphasis on than she had. But uh, we'll start off, and she's the first read, is she calls the seven I am statements for 2019. Father God is anointing people for total transformation, and it starts with redefining who you are. And I thought, man, this is old stuff. We've heard this for hundreds of years, some of us. <laughs> it's old, it's on, and yet really, she, this is where it starts. It starts with redefining who you are. Now, we've talked about healing. We've talked about letting go of the past, letting go of the, you know, the other people. Now, I believe he is calling us to write out seven I am statements to confess throughout the year. Now, if you want to participate in this, then write down seven statements that you will speak out out loud over yourself from now to 2019. No, Pastor Jane, I did not collaborate that. <laughs> Make these seven wor- statements start with the word am, but be sure that they are statements talking about what you are, not about what you do. See, too many times we get stuck with, oh, I'm this or I'm that, I'm a homeless, I'm a father, I'm a... No, 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 these are statements of what you are, not what you do. And some of your statements are naturally going to start with the most important thing in life. Example, I am on fire for God. That could be a statement we should all be speaking over ourselves throughout the year. I am on fire for God. I am full of wisdom because I listen to the word. I am healthy, wealthy, and wise. And you start speaking these statements over yourself for the whole year. And, and again, kindness doesn't just speak to you. I'm just throwing some things out there. But you find the things that speak to you, you're going to need to redefine who you are in those areas that you're speaking to. I am bold as a lion for some people. Why? Because they spent so many years saying, well, I'm scared of the lion. Let's see what happens here. I have the boldness of a lion. I am the righteous. The righteous are bold as a lion. There's scripture. And, you know, if you need help with some of those things, I recommend putting scriptures in there. But, you know, Dr. Hazel's book about praise and words, that will end up in scriptures that you can even back up with scripture on your I am statements. Instead of saying, well, I'm so scatterbrained. No, no, no. I am self-possessed and well-capable of thinking. And you start talking those statements. I am highly favored. Oh, nobody likes me. I'm just going to sit in the corner. Everybody hates me. They're all. No, 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 no. That's not the right thing. You want to start getting together. I am highly favored of God and man because like Jesus, I am raised nurture of the Lord that I have favor with God and man. And you start writing those things down, you make that you're going to be talking to yourself out loud. And it's good in the morning. You know, I talked before how you, when I get up in the morning, the first thing I'll get up in the morning, my feet will hit the floor and I'll start my confession. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am above only and not beneath. I am the head and not the tail. And I would have statements I would just confess that in Christ, these are the things I am. And if you don't know how, then Google on, and we all have those you know, Bibles on computers and everything. You can, uh, you can Google 
key words, uh, not Google, but um, search. Search for the word in Christ. And you're going to be surprised what the Bible says when you start searching in Christ. You've been delivered. You've been, you know, oh, it just goes on and on and on. But start finding seven I am statements that speak to you. And those statements will frame your year. Now, they should make you all feel like you're walking a wide new world, a wonderland of possibilities. Because it is. And everything can change for you in 2019. Now, these statements are like seven statements that almost take your breath away. You know, if you're going to tell them to somebody else, you're going to go, oh, that doesn't make any sense. You don't tell them to somebody else. Tell them to yourself in the mirror every day. Oh, they're going to think that I'm so proud. I'm so this. I'm so that. No, no, I'm quoting Scripture. I'm saying what God says, and that's what you're telling yourself. The second thing is just do it. Now, that doesn't mean you start frowning and walking around with a long face looking like you've been sucking on lemons. Get serious. You're about to graduate. ones will receive everything. The Lord's going to give it. In 2019, Father God is pouring out a need for total transformation. He is pouring out His anointing, His grace and help right now to assist people in redefining who they are on paper first and then implement the changes in every area over the next year. Now, if you participate in this transformational process, I believe in one year, even one month, from today, your life will be totally different. But keep in mind that if you want this, there will be sacrifice. That's one of the things people don't like to hear. Oh, I want the blessing. You know, I want to be and slender and this and that, but I don't want to do anything about it. I want keto with bread. So we all start looking for the keto bread recipes. You're never going to make cauliflower taste good. Let you know that much. <laughs> I don't care how and what you do to it. It will always taste like cauliflower. You're never going to get any of There's those things you're just going to have to reckon sacrifice. Well, we want to be wealthy. I want to be rid of all my debts. I want to be, I talked about this a little bit at men's breakfast yesterday. You know, he said, well, I want to get rid of all my debts. It may not happen. You determine it. So don't set yourself a goal saying in 2019 we're going to be debt free. No, set yourself a goal saying 2019 we're going to pay off. Make it reasonable. Maybe it's the credit card. Huh? Maybe it's your car loan that's going to get paid off. Maybe it will be your mortgage. But make it a reasonable goal. This is something you can, because when you write that down and hold it up before your eyes, then when that 2000 3000 6000 comes in from the government, once you've got your income tax refund, you're not going out and blowing it. Hey, I got free money. <laughs> it wasn't free from you in the first place. Now you get to direct what it's going to be and how it's going to help you get towards your goal. And so often I see this, you know, people get there and they're like, they're buying. You know, 
you would never buy this on a normal day. If you had gone out and worked for an hour, you wouldn't have bought that. There will be sacrifices, a routine that you follow every day. Oh, but I don't like routines. You just like the word routine, you understand. God has plans even beyond your routine. Set a routine. You know how much a routine, I remember talking to a pastor at one time and they were having trouble in their church. I said, what I want you to do, I said, and I, I was an overseer, so I had the authority. I said, get a calendar and mark out your year. Well, what do you mean? Sunday, what are you doing? Having church. Put that in there every Sunday. Where do you have Bible study? Well, we're having Bible study at the Creek House. Put that down. We're running for church. Now, maybe you want to get a Bible study calendar. Okay. I said, where do you want to have baptism? Are you planning to have a guest speaker day? When are your guest speakers going to be on? No, I don't know. And I started thinking about that. Why? Because you don't like the discipline. I said, that discipline is going to carry you through that Sunday when everybody chooses to stay home and you walk in and there's four people staring at you. You're going to go, we can't spend it. The calendar says I'm going to be here again. <laughs> but we don't like those disciplines and we end up, why doesn't nothing work? So set yourself a routine that you can follow every day. What time do you get up in the morning? Well, when I wake up. No, you don't. Because if you only do it when you wake up, then you're going to spend time just thinking, well, maybe I don't have to get up at this time. And you'll roll. Oh, oh look at that extra hour, though. What am I supposed to? Well, I was going to do this today. I was going to bake bread today. I was going to fix up the car fix. I was going to... I know you were. Because those would probably save you three months. Set a routine. When do you get up? What do you plan on doing? Now, if you have kids in school, put it in there. If you little kids have to be in school at 8.30 or 9 o'clock, you know, at 8.30, they're going to be ready to go. That means they probably have breakfast. They're going to have to get ready for the lunches. They probably said, how long is that going to take you? figure that out ahead of time. Why? Because you figure that out ahead of time. You know when you have to get up. Then your kid isn't busy at school with their backpack and their coat. I see these every morning. Trying to get into their coat and they've got their backpack here and they're trying to get into their coat and their shoe is sort of half off and they're trying to eat a muffin as they're running to school. I see them. I walk my dog off in the morning. Set a routine. Mom, I've got nothing to wear. <laughs> you don't do that anymore. Of course you do. It's in your drawer. Hold it. Or, no, it's in my drawer. How does it get there? <laughs> Especially if they're boy children. <laughs> they don't understand that concept of someone having to take something off. <laughs> You're going to have to define your path and then write it down in a schedule out. This is when they get up. Have that meeting. Children, you're going to be getting up at 7 so that by 8 o'clock you are ready to leave the house for school. Now, if you're getting up at 7, 7.15, you will have been to the bathroom. You will have combed your hair. You will have brushed your teeth. You will have, depending on your age, done all this other stuff. 
Il y a eu une révolte en France. Et donc là, c'est fini. Ça veut pas dire d'être militant, d'être patriotique, d'être quelque chose. Patrick, what ever do that? Oh, I said Tony, but Patrick. <laughs> oh, Patrick, I tell you, you're Tony. And you're going to have to dedicate yourself to living perfectly. It's not to spend their time the way they spend their money. Oh, we got a $1,000 debt that came in. It's just going to come on whatever happened to you. Well, you got 24 hours every day, whatever happened to them. Now, it's going to be like the final exams of university. Final exam day, study, rest, study some more. Every moment is taken up with studying for the exam because until the, la- or until the last one is over. But when the last exam is over, they celebrate the day. They celebrate because they made it through. They celebrate because they don't. They celebrate because they don't ever have to go back there again. Now, if you treat 2019 like the final exam week, you will not ever have to go back around and spend that money like you did in 2019. And celebrate. We had a number of years ago, and we said set one year aside, and some of you remember that year. Some of Bob and Ross were there, Pastor Gary, Pastor Ben, Pastor Ian, and Pastor Jeff. Now this year, we said, we're going to teach on finance for this year. Every Sunday was finance. Think of that. All pastor knows how to talk about money. He can just talk about money. You have no idea. You have no idea why. Because when you release your money, it releases something in the spiritual realm that can cause you to be blessed. Now, we all know that you know Ron and Neil or whoever takes the stuff that Tony Brown gives, and then I just have Wayne Buffett. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Okay, let's just get that. No, it doesn't happen that way. The money is not a interest in the welfare of the people. He said, for one year, we should do this, and we're going to celebrate on New Year's Eve. Remember that year? And we celebrated. The group of about 60 students sat around one night and talked about this subject. Right on the blackboard, as we had everybody turned in, how much money, how much debt had been forgiven. And a lot of debt was forgiven. Thousands upon thousands of dollars. How much debt had been paid off. Wasn't big, he wasn't big enough to get excited for <laughs> four or five. And we put it on the board and we watched. And people said, well, that can't happen. We had reports from uh, accountants saying, I don't know how they, I see the figure, this is impossible. Why? Because you're set, setting that word out there. You can't believe that word out of anybody's eyes. And this is the same thing. You're on final exams. If you're on final exams, you don't take time off. If 2019 is the time for final exam, you're spending your time preparing. You will graduate. And you will enter your promised land. But you have to prepare to be a good person. So 
1 Peter 5, 8 to 11 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your enemy walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But may the God of all grace, who has called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, establish, strengthen, and settle you. To him be the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. So we've been suffering a while already. We're kind of even suffering quite a while. The Father's trying to perfect you. The question is, do you want what he has badly enough to see that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days of not so soon coming? He says he will. A lot of these words come out and say, oh, God is going to bless you. God wants to God wants to prosper. God wants to this. God wants to that. He wants to cause. Are you willing to walk circumspectly, not as fools? People we've just heard. The ones that we've just addressed. The ones that we choose to listen to the words of the flesh. The cutthroat is fool. it's going to take, and only the serious are going to be able to appropriate everything that he has. Everyone can receive mercy drops from heaven, but only ones will receive everything that God has. Everyone can receive it. Trust me, it's going to be hard. Now, the Lord hit me with a sentence so strongly that it physically knocked me backward when I heard it. This one will receive everything. 2019 is a year when the serious ones will receive everything. And as we go through our year-long final exam week, Father God will do more for us by His might than we could have dreamed of. But He is going to be faithful and diligent. Our diligence is the basket in which we receive His might. He goes on to say, Beloved, if you are about to graduate, you are going to be greatly rewarded when you do. Or you are about to graduate, you are going to be greatly rewarded when you do. If you are one of the serious ones. So if you want total transformation, then get serious. Forget those things which are behind. Reach forward to those things that are ahead. Make every change you need to make and then do it between you and the Holy You don't need to be running up to everything. Oh, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to change that, or I'm going to stop, and I'm going to start, and I'm going to... You and the Holy Spirit discuss what you're going to do. Why? Because you can't escape Him. A lot of times people come and tell me, well, Pastor, I'm going to do this and this and this. And then they turn around and tell me, and then you say, well, you know what? I know what you're going to do. The Holy Spirit is around the corner with you. Oh, you can see me. The giants you see before you today, you can never see again. You can vanquish them, obliterate them, wipe them off the face of the planet. You can occupy your promised land so fully and completely that you will not recognize your life by the end of it. Three is contend. As Jamie writes, this is last week, I believe this is the Lord's word of the year. The Lord is calling people back to contending, but contending is no longer going to be laborious. It's going to be glorious instead. Now, this is not saying that contending will be easy. The Lord is showing you that 2019 will be a challenging year. And this was one of the few prophetic voices that I read, that this is going to be a challenging year. There were all talks about, oh, it's going to be great, it's going to be this, it's going to be that, it's going to be that. And she says, no, it's going to be a challenging year. And because that's something the Lord had been dropping in my heart. 
going to be challenges this year. We're going to win. We know that. But that doesn't come easy. It's going to be a challenging year. Final exams are always challenging. However, I believe it all to build here that we as the body of Christ have ever experienced. When do you get the victory? When you finish the battle. See, on Wednesday we played a hockey place. And when they start off at their hockey game, you know, the ref doesn't get out there and flip a quarter to try and figure out who's going to win. Wouldn't that be nice? Hey, okay, Flyers, you got it. Have a nice day, Zeke. And that's what we expect spiritually. No, no, you fight for it. Why? You're the victor when you have defeated the enemy. You are the victor when you have defeated the other. That's what makes you victorious. They tell you that we want the victory, but you can't have victory without a battle. And we all want the victory, but nobody wants a battle. <laughs> Everybody wants to live long. It's not happening. Sorry. <laughs> That's one of the benefits of living long. You get to grow old. Contend. So to see these victories manifest in our lives, we're going to have to contend. You are going to have to contend for whatever you want the Lord to do for you in 2019. It's not that the Father isn't ready to pour out his blessing on us, because he is. But you have passed a test recently, and as a result of passing the test, you got promoted to a higher level. How long are we talking about? New level, new devil got promoted to a higher level. And this higher level is a place in which you can experience higher level warfare than you have ever experienced before. And this is what people don't understand. So you first get born again, and all you say, I say, oh man, Father, I would like that. And you say, boom, you can get born. Then you get to be a couple of years old in the Lord, and you start praying, and my, you know, you know it's like, mm, things don't want to come as quickly as they used to. Oh no, you went to a new level. God, I want to be rid of this thing. I can't get rid of this thing in my life. I've been fighting with this thing forever. How do I get rid of it, God? And he's saying, you've got a new level. It's a different devil you're tapping in. The steps are the same. You just have to contend. You have to be more persistent. You keep pushing at it. You can't give up. You can't slack off and say, and again, you know, we, we win a few fights and we think, wow, we've got it all together. We're all that in a slice of bread. No, no, no. You're ready for a new battle now. I love that, 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 that course that we teach in, in, um, in school called monkey business. Once you learn how, to learn how to handle the monkeys, you get ready for the gorillas. This is the same gorillas. This is all. So you've just, you've graduated. You've come to a higher level. And the higher level is a place in which you're going to experience a higher level of warfare than you ever experienced before. So you're going to need to contend in 2019 because the Lord wants to bring you everything that you are now facing more opposition than you thought. Let's look at it. Most of Israel, they came out of the land. They came across the Red Sea. What was the first thing they faced? How hard did they have to fight to take Jericho? That was probably the hardest fight by the time you get ready to march in there. 
more fighting. Why did, why did God say be quiet when you go here? Because I can hear them. Oh, this is impossible. What Moses said, how deep it is, see how thick they fall. Why are you pushing me? your spirit out of my back. Say yes to me. Of course they had to be quiet. In seven days. Why? You know how people often just kind of like, oh, there's this, this Korean comedian. Maybe she's coming up. I think he might do it. But in seven days, I can't hear him. march around it for seven days. Okay, you can do that quietly. Then the seventh day, he says, okay, now blow with a trumpet. And then all of you know, we know the walls came falling down. And, and we think, oh, okay, these walls all fell over. No, 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 they went down. How do I know that? Because I've seen those walls. And those walls are like made of solid stone in those days. So when those walls came down, and it says every man went in straight before him. He didn't have to fight. Like, I don't care. You know, you can pulverize walls. You still could have a pile of dust to walk in. You know, and say, like, oh. And no, no, they went in straight. So those walls didn't just fall. They went down. What was the second city? What happened at Ai? They got beat. Why? New level? Better. Yep, the first one you should take in the righteousness that you have there. Oh, you have a better place to be. Now we're in a new and God is expecting you to move forward. Well, Pastor, you say it's works. I am not saying it's works. It is all by grace. It is God's grace that set me free in that first place. It is God's word and spirit at work within me that causes me to the next place. You can get away with sin for a while. But after all, God says, Hey, you can't do that. Peter, this is how to contend. You are now facing more opposition than you've ever faced. Be aware of your full armor of God. Put on the armor of God. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Have your loins. Have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel. Have that shield of faith. Take the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Well, Pastor, I, 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 you don't have to. I don't care. Be a spiritual sleeper. But then don't complain if you get bit. boldly to the throne. I can do that nine times. I don't have no problem with that. The scripture the Lord gave me to stand on for the year is Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we can find grace to help in time of need. So in 2019, remember that we pray boldly and we expect answers. We expect, Father God, to pour out mercy, 
grace and help when we pray. Now, how do we come boldly? If we have sinned, if any man has sinned, he confesses it. And when he confesses his sin, the Father says he removes it and restores us to all unrighteousness. But too many times we don't want to confess our sin. We want to say, oh, I haven't sinned. No, 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 grace is not to you. Grace is to stop you from having to sin. That's where grace comes in. See, we have this idea that grace is sort of this whole blanket thing where, well, I'm under grace, so it doesn't matter. No, no, no. The grace is what's giving you the strength so that you don't have to yield to that. Number five, reclaim the night watches in prayer. People in the early church woke up to pray multiple times in the night. They prayed multiple times a day and during the day. King David had he had set aside seven special times a day for praise days. Psalm 119, 119. The people to reclaim the night watch. The fourth watch from two from six AM we think is particularly important and strategic. If you can hear the Lord calling you to pray at any hour of the night, when you hear him, Samuel the prophet says, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. I remember one of the first times I found that out when I was sleeping in bed and had looked in the time on the apartment block and the people come downstairs, they hear me doing something, they're not going to say anything, but I'm right. They're trying to leave. And how somehow I didn't manage to get to the apartment block. Sound asleep. things that I thought they could do. <laughs> God began to speak to me and say, they're helpful. They have always been helpful. Excuses. I'm in bed. I'm sleeping. My importune friend is coming knocking on my door asking for bread. Go away. We're in bed. <laughs> the Lord dealt with me for a while. I finally said, okay, I'll do it, God. Got to do it. Okay, I'll try to do it with that attitude, God. I dropped my feet on the floor, and I hear this. get up and he gets out right in the morning. He's done. Because that's what he did. Watch with my help. Do we ignore that when we're sitting around? Oh, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to curl up and put the sound on. You're going to get up before I do. And we're on the cutting edge of technology. <laughs> I think we still do that. 
than putting it all out at the risk of death. Churches that have said, oh no, that's not for today, then they don't read the Bible. Because the Bible said it's for you and for your children and for as many as are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. If of the Lord, then that is for you. Well, we don't believe in it. Then you'll never be bothered with it when you get into the believing community. Matthew chapter, or Mark chapter 16. Follow them that believe. Well, I don't believe in it. Okay, if you're not a believer, then why are you fasting and praying every single night? I wouldn't like to see that. Your tongue will come back to the forefront when you're going to start recognizing it. But you're going to have to be willing to yield to it until it starts coming out. There's a lot of things that people are ignorant about, so I don't understand it. That's fine. But when people start denying it, that are supposed to be taught in the Word, those are the ones that tell us to start getting real careful. That's what the Bible says. Because that's called the curse of the gospel. And Jesus did not die for the curse of the gospel. He died for the curse of the unbelievers. So you're stuck. But despite your feelings, your prayer language has been the key to unlock the heavenlies for you. You didn't realize it, but the enemy is stealing your revelation and the use of your prayer language by wondering if it's a key and cynicism. Today, I decree that you are going to be bored of your prayer language. You will find Holy Spirit's anointing on your prayer language like never before. The Lord is unleashing barrages of declaration that will import Israel on the earth, and He is doing this through the prayer languages of His people. Now, we have seen that so often. We've had prayer meetings or even come to prayer ourselves, and we just start praying in the Spirit, not knowing what we are praying about. And all of a sudden, as we're praying in the Spirit, we start seeing interpretations, and we start speaking out things. We're going, where is that coming from? It's coming from the Spirit of God. It's unlocking the mysteries of heaven. And even this is what Paul writes about in Corinthians. He says, you are unlocking, he says, you're speaking mysteries as tongues. Because your natural mind doesn't understand. He says, I will speak. I will pray in the Spirit, and I will pray in the understanding language. There's a power that is released when you start learning how to pray in the Spirit and call down God's divine will in your situation. Why do we have more faith in tongues than we do in prophecy? Because we don't know what we're praying about. Seven, what's on your list? Make a list of the things for which you can ask. If you're going to need a prayer book for 2019, even if you have prayer books before, you can ask for them. You will feel the anointing of Holy Spirit on your lips as Jesus pours out His Spirit in grace and supplication while you are patient. Contend for the things on your list over and over. And again, I know when we get on different times and we choose and we start spending time in prayer, and we take that time, we set that time apart. Now, I used to have these tapes that were real loud, and I had to play them. And they were one hour, and they were music. Here's what they were. 
prayer time started off by putting on my kids' dress, and I picked out the shirt, and I began to pray. Well, what did you pray? However the Spirit directed you by praying in tongues. And then I would start going through my list. The Father, I lift up our daughter before you right now. I pray over Chris and for her family. And you'd spend however long. The Father, I lift up Connor, and I pray for him, Father. I pray for Connor and his wife right now and his children. And then I would begin to pray, and sometimes the Lord would direct for one specific child, for Elizabeth's child, to pray for her. So he began to speak as a child. And you go, like, what am I praying? I don't know what I'm praying, but all the Spirit of God is saying, Father, I ask that you protect them even right now. Those things that they are moving into right now, there's danger in that place. Open their eyes. And you're going, where does this come from? It comes from the Spirit. Things work. Oh, I know they work because I was not very old in the Lord. And all of a sudden, somebody came up to one day, a girl, and all of a sudden, she just began to walk up to the church. And you know, saying she said, I was pregnant when you began to have these things. I don't. She says, I, I sense great danger here. I said, well, what kind of danger? She's like, somebody wanted to sleep with me. What were you doing at 2 o'clock in the morning? people of faith that Jesus said he would be looking for in Luke 18, 1 to 8. 
people whose faith in Sam is that the sickness I'm healed in power. Stand on the wall and pray until you see everything on your list accomplished. One of the things I was praying for for years in the morning was a dentist. Probably one of the best that all of us that have children have is that particular person. Now, we love all of them. We have a good relationship. But this is the one that posed to Grandma and Grandpa, can you come over? Eddie says he's missed you. We didn't know what was happening. We didn't have contact. We knew she was out there. And as we prayed, and morning after morning after morning, I would pray. And we would keep trusting God. And we said, okay, God, this happened. Sam said, actually, there's this established. And I'm going to say the wife is here this morning. This is like that relationship that we established. It's like it was never broken. Sixteen years. He has grown in a home with his young Christian wife and kids now. These are her words. Chris was not part of the local Christian home, except that whatever living, one of his friends had invited her to come to uh,
settle down for poor convenience because you're not able to bring that. And God says, well, you can have poor convenience if you want, but I want to bring you to a place where you're going to be